Wow, wow, wow. Adding links with UTMs, with trackable yes. parameters to each and every one of them is beyond a pain in the butt. Yes. It's worse than hell. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you go through that pain? Why did you do it? Welcome to the Social Media RI Hot Seat Podcast. My name is Emmerich Arenoui. I'm the CEO of Agora Pulse, and since 2011, I've been obsessed by proving that social media was more than likes and followers, that it was actually delivering a real return on investment and a business impact that can be measured. At the beginning of 2022, Agora Pulse launched a social media ROI tracker and report. And since then, I've been on a quest. The quest of social media ROI success stories you can learn from and be inspired by. This is why this podcast exists, and I hope that thanks to what you're going to learn following it, you too will be measuring the business impact of social media on your business or the business of your clients. Let's get on with the show. Today, I'm welcoming Fiona Abrams to the show. Fiona is a customer experience professional, and she's been doing that for a long time. And as she was doing that, our paths crossed. And... It's a special episode for me today because Fiona is the reason why this podcast exists. She's the reason why I pushed my team at Agora Pulse to build a solution to measure social media ROI because she inspired me by her way to track social media ROI manually in a very, very painful way. She inspired me to build a software that could do what she was doing at the time. So that's a very inspiring story. I'm absolutely thrilled I met her and she made me do what I did. And I hope you're going to enjoy that story because it's really cool and one of a kind. Let, let's get started with the elevator pitch, as I call it, in like in three minutes or less. What can you tell us about who Fiona is, uh, what she does, and what she, what passion you have in your professional life? Yeah, awesome. So, um, Thanks very much for that introduction. I have generally over about 11 years experience working in customer service and experience. Um, generally working across the various different sectors, starting with video chat platform, internet apparel, e-commerce, doorstop delivery, subscription services, uh, marketing consultancy, and now most recently with an engineering software that actually um, enables engineers to model propulsion technologies for the future, which um, as you can see, all varying different businesses um, and I do like to generally get out of my comfort zone um, hence also agreeing to this podcast. Um, I am a mother of two little boys um, and a wife to an adoring husband which he might have made me say that um, and whilst I actually predominantly work for Reality Simulation um, managing a group of really intelligent engineers and strategizing for their customer attention and giving our customers the best customer experience. I also work for a marketing consultancy agency called LTV Approach, uh, which is a company like no other, as the name suggests. It is a marketing agency that um, prepares and gives the tools for the lifetime value. The goal is uh, inevitably to set foundations and teach the methods for long-term results in a short space of time. Um, and I actually met the CEO and founder of LTV Approach in a company I'd previously worked for called Briola, which is where I spent over eight years of building my career up. And when we both left uh, Briola, Margot and I continued to work together because
Okay. Well, thank you for that uh, comprehensive introduction. Uh, definitely clear some things for me because I, I, I was not totally uh, clear on what you did before we met. So that was uh, that's really interesting. And I and I and we haven't talked that much since we joined LTV Approach. I I, I didn't I forgot that uh, the person at LTV Approach who brought you in was the person you used to work for. Yeah, Lasso. we worked really well together, and we kind of understood each other. And I think when you find that within someone. Um, you can actually grow something really amazing and the what you know I specialize in and what she specializes in what we find is if those don't communicate very well then you essentially can really hurt both strategies because one's working one way and one's working another way and if you don't bring them together um, your customer is the one that, that ends up being at, at fault there so we we push that with our clients but that's something that we believe in that, that makes total sense my first question to you that's not about you it's about the time when you decided to measure the impact of social media and that that's the time i remember pretty well and uh what i'd like to know is how you were measuring it before what was the trigger for you to decide that you had to change the way you were measuring the work you were doing on social and uh, if i may introduce that what i remember from that time is that at briola which was the company you were working for when we met you were in charge of that customer experience as as a whole, like overall. And part of that job that was assigned to you was handling conversations on social media. And part of that was handling questions being asked in the comments on the on the ad that Rayola was running. Yeah. And that was something you had you you had to you had to do. So tell me, tell me how it started and how it evolved over time and how we you got to come to me and how we got to meet through that. Definitely. So um, inevitably, when I started at Briola, I was, you know, social media was pretty much at its birth. It was, it was, there was no real kind of best practices. Um, so we found that by kind of leveraging Facebook and Google Analytics together, it allowed us to kind of maximize on what was working and what was failing. So we could spend, you know, half a million dollars easily through ad spend on Facebook and attract, and it would attract so many comments. I think individually that each particular ad could get one to 2,000 worth of comments. Um, and we generally kind of saw our, those comments as an opportunity to gauge how successful or unsuccessful that particular ad was for a product but there wasn't a tool to quantify this. So we started to create internal campaigns using tools which we had, which was generally Facebook and spreadsheets to write out how many comments and how many that we hid, how many were positive, how many were negative. And we created a strategy around this. And our strategy was very much to comment on every single customer or potential customer comment and use UTM linking that tracked back to Google Analytics so we could track it and see what the impact of these now organic com comments came from the paid ads. Um, by doing this, we actually found that we did increase our revenue by around two to three percent of the total revenue, and that was just purely from the organic comments. So, when revenue was one point five million, this avenue was so important to us to leverage. But at the time, there wasn't a software that could make this happen in a more streamlined and kind of managed way. Which was when, um, at the point of kind of its peak, we reached out to to you, and we were already using Agorapools to manage our content. Um, but what we were missing from it was, while we wanted to comment, we 
had to manually keep putting in these links. And the idea for us was if we could take that pain away, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human, we can make errors, we could um, put the wrong campaign in or not change the campaign for a particular one, or then it was also tracking it back to our particular agents or, you know, really identifying which was the winner and which wasn't the winner. Um, And this in itself had a huge kind of pain for us because of the manual way we were constantly having to do it. But we knew we had to do it because we'd already seen what those organic comments could bring us in in revenue. Um, So I think it's that that was kind of where, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go a little deeper in this because that's that's, uh, number one. It's an amazing story, and I think there's so much people can learn from that. So, what you're telling us is that uh, Briola was running five five hundred half a million of ads per year. Like it was an annual annual. What was the annual Annual the annual budget for annual budget per year? Okay, yeah. And that was that was generating ads that got a lot of engagement. Yeah. And, and like between one and two thousand comments per ad in the end, totally. like that's the that's yes, that was like the greatest it ever reached. But still, that's a lot for one ad. And and I guess you had dozens and dozens of ads through yeah. that. And I think one of the the big pain points was in when we were going directly onto Facebook, we could because of the volume of ads, we could lose the amount of where we were up to and and kind of that managing of it so manually. We would actually have to just kind of even put the name of the person that had written the comment as the last one to know and the timestamp so that we could go right if if we haven't quite got all of these we have to scroll back through the the notifications so it was an it was a real kind of pain for us because we knew how critical it was to 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 not miss a comment and inevitably we would actually just go on the comment as you know instead of using facebook and just kind of continuously go down and make sure that everything had been done um which is you know time and efficiency which is something that you know is is also really important to kind of manage as well because we also have to forecast you know if we put x amount of money on a particular ad and we're going to get you know another 500 comments how do we how do we staff that because it's also down on a timely matter we need to make sure that these comments are being answered because speed was also part of the kind of equation um because you know you couldn't respond two weeks later that didn't have as much value to it so if you were to give an average number of comments the team was getting per week, what would be what would it be on a weekly basis? Per week on a weekly basis, it would yeah. be anything from five hundred to three thousand. It kind of it varied on kind of the time of year. It also depended on sales and and various yeah. different things. So it it was. It was a lot though. It was a lot because we had a quite a small team to kind of manage this. And these were also people that were part of our customer service team, which for us, and I know a lot of people that use kind of social moderation, they use a marketing team. But for us, it felt right to kind of use the people that were already talking to the customers, already knew their pain, already knew how to talk to them to converse as well on the social media. And we trusted them to do it. And and a lot of the time it was to do with products. And these are the people that know the products the best. If you were to evaluate how many of those comments were actual, were comments from actual prospects, people who were really genuinely interested in the product you sell versus comments from trolls or spammers or, you know, comments that you just have to remove. Like, do, do you remember if the, the how, how, how did that look like? Off the top of my head, I would say, I would say it was 80% of them were, were interested people because it was intimate apparel. People looked to other people to, 
and also it's not a well-known brand it's it's a it was a marketplace so people didn't know the brand but they wanted to kind of understand and know it and, and this is where we built our community was the fact that women were engaging and especially return customers were engaging and going oh i've tried this and they would essentially sell the product and sell the comments for us because they felt impelled kind of compelled to to want to write on it so you know it was a mixture between those returning customers and those new customers and essentially we would always be um rewarding the customers that had were, were kind of reinforcing the the positivity about how great it was or how amazing their bra was or their experience so it was kind of a, a, a double-ended. It was kind of that acquisition side of it where we wanted to kind of say how amazing we were, but at the same time, it was kind of giving more credit to our customers that were like, thank you so much for kind of giving, you know, your opinions and, and having this. And within that, we found that, you know, we would o- always offer something there. And, you know, for us, we always felt that every single comment needed a link whether it was directly to the broadcast, because sometimes people don't want to click on the ad because if it's something they're not familiar with, they don't want to be taken to a page that they don't trust because it feels wrong. And and if it was in the comments, which had been directly from the brand, we seem to find that kind of connection and that kind of um, reassurance that, okay, this is somebody that's actually taken the time to talk to me, to give me something or give me something different that wasn't on the ad, especially when they're expressing, oh, I can't, um, I don't have my size. Well, that's great. Well, we can give you something else. So it was kind of so tailored and personalized. And that's kind of where that personal response really mattered and kind of brought in that community to do it. Oh, that that's an amazing, that's an amazing point. I, I never thought about that, but basically it makes a ton of sense because you were taking the time to engage with them, answer their questions and yeah. address their concerns. They were they were more willing to go wherever you were sending them, uh, yeah. adding those links rather than clicking on an ad. That that that's an ad, so it's not exactly. a human. It's not. It has nothing human. But that's come from market people. And, uh, we don't care about yeah. the mar- marketing guys. We care about the people yeah. that are actually kind of. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, it's an ad. They, they want me people. to click that. They want me to click on that. That that, that I'm not going to click on. But if somebody tells me to click on something, then and yeah, I'm going to trust that person. And that's kind of where it was, and it was kind of. You know, simple things by always signing, you know, the name of the person and having that personal connection. Or if somebody didn't feel comfortable, we would reach out to them kind of in both areas. We'd reach out to them in a private message and we'd reach out to them on the ad so that we were kind of always giving them that reassurance that, hey, we're here. We're here to help you. You know, we want you to to kind of come and visit us. And that was kind of our brand ethos. We wanted to help everyone that, that we possibly could. And that eventually you've found out that it was leading to generate two to three percent of the overall revenue of the company yes and and that's why which we is quite kind of big. which is a big amount especially when you know at the time we were sending over 1.5 million so in itself it took it it meant that the time that we're taking to write these it was well worth it and you know inevitably we would incentivize the girls to do it and you know we could track it on a weekly basis and we had like a target and you know we kind of didn't make it salesy but it was very much like we want to show your worth here because this is how important it is for the business um and it kind of almost gamified it a little bit to be able to for them to be able to see it because actually other than kind of metrics that are very much about you know work and how much you've done and how much you're doing this that are generally surrounded in customer service this was a different kind of approach to it but we would never want the girls to come off salesy or pressury because I think that also kind of can lead to a different 
and potentially unsuccessful area, but it's really identifying, you know, the needs of the comments um, and and addressing that. that. That makes total sense. Now I want to ask you the 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 trigger question. So you told me, and you're right, managing comments on Facebook ads is a pain in the butt. It is if you do it natively, it's borderline impossible. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there are tools that can help you do that. We're one of them. There are others, but we're one of them. But adding links with UTMs, with trackable yes. parameters to each and every one of them is beyond a pain in the butt. Yeah. It's it's worse than it's worse than hell because you have to copy paste for each and every link. Yeah. And at times we we would find that maybe the girls were sending them to um, and I say girls because it was a team of girls, not just in any other reason. Yeah. But the girls would potentially, you know, if they were sending them to a search page and they hadn't put um, an ampersand instead of a, a question mark, then that link would go nowhere and it would kind of take them to a 404 page, which, you know, is, is it, it kind of kills, it kills the object of the reason why we were doing it. So, you know, if yeah. we would kind of keep specific days and if we generally didn't see, you know, well, why, why didn't we get anything that day? Or why, why was there no traffic from any of the links what what happened we'd have to go back and kind of revisit it so there was a kind of a, a quality kind of assurance that we didn't have that we'd have to kind of add extra work in to go backwards just in case things hadn't quite worked out but the flip side was you know that once we did do it right then we could we had a lot more visibility into you know what was working and not working okay now what i want to what i want to hear from you is why did you go through that pain why did you do it I think so. We we generally found that um, it actually came natively at the beginning, not on social media. So we wanted to understand when we recommended a product internally in customer service, was it doing anything? And the only way we could do that was by putting a UCM tracking link in it. And it was then when we kind of decided, well, if we can do it here, why can't we do it on other platforms when we're engaging and talking to customers and, and advising them on kind of, you know, different areas of the site and different products and it kind of came from that and we thought well there's no reason why not it just the, the issue we had was that until we found a shortener it looked really ugly and you know again that really long link kind of is a bit frightening for a customer to suddenly think well what are they putting on um so for us it kind of it made sense and as soon as we we kind of trialed it out we saw that you know really with for us within a first you know 20 links it was always it was me that always kind of started it off and and had to go through it because i'm kind of a person that i'm not going to make people do things unless i've genuinely done it myself you know a good solid time um and we would just continue to do it and obviously being able to track it and see things actually happening even if it's not about the the revenue even if it's just about getting visitors to the site it gives that recognition and it was kind of that reinforcement of seeing oh this does work and there are people that are clicking on this and then okay well what can we do if we you know, we're doing it ten times, almost. If we do it a hundred times, what will that have? What will what will that create? And that kind of because we were reinforced by that kind of positivity of seeing visitors and seeing transactions, that it was a no brainer for us that we just had to kind of keep going with this force. Did you get any pressure or uh, ask or questions from the the people you were working for about you know you got to prove that that it's worth doing? You got to prove pretty fast. It, I think with the first like $500 of kind of just initially just putting it in, you know, especially in the early stages where kind of every order was, an, an, you know, we were always watching the orders and seeing it. So anybody that could say, 
well, I put in an extra $500 today was like, wow, okay, so if you can do that now, what can you do if you do it 100, you know, again, it's like scaling it up. What do you need to do to scale it? Um, so I always had the support of, of the team, and especially when it comes to kind of generating that revenue. You can't ignore something that that does work, especially when you've already put the kind of effort into that initial ad spend. You've already spent the money and you're now essentially getting this as the the, the aftermath. This is the, the next kind of stage of, of what you can be, you know, generating. So, t- tell me something. I heard uh, some of our clients who are worried about using uh, shortened links. So, you you were you were shortening the links because those tracked links with UTM, you know, source, medium, blah blah blah. They're quite. You said they're quite scary. They're quite long, and they're quite they're quite not not not, not cute, <laughs> not fancy. <laughs> so, you minified them. Um, yes. Have you ever thought about the, the potential negative impact of minifying links? Uh, and, and, and have you no. ever tested anything re- regarding that? Or No, I think because for us, we always had the image that would kind of crop up. So it would have our message. Then the the whenever the link came up, we would kind of display the product image. So that in itself took it away essentially from the, from the naked eye of having that image if the image wasn't displayed the success of it definitely wasn't as as high as it could be but once people could see where that link was actually directing you to and occasionally we would um if the image for essentially on a search page wouldn't bring up the actual item we would want there was a time that we could change the image um i'm not sure whether that is still the same now but um by putting that kind of relative image it it kind of again gives that reassurance that um, that kind of emotional um emotional idea that 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 person is sending you to the right place and generally we have no reason not to we want them to see you know and and be exploited to the products that we have for them and that we're kind of giving them the advice on so for us that image kind of held the held over the fact that we were using that link and and um I think by the time we kind of got used to it, we actually customized the link itself. So it would say Briola instead of like, I think we used um, Tiny at one point and, and various others, or they wanted extra money. Yeah, if you use Bitly, you can use your own, you can you know, yeah. pay for a paid Bitly account and use your own domain there. So there, exactly. there's, there's, there are ways that they can customize it, absolutely. But you're right, on Facebook, they will give you the, the, the minified version, the description and the, and the image and everything. So you get that element, yeah. okay, that's where I'm going. So that, that makes total sense. Yeah. You know, but what I hear as well from you is that the credibility and trust in that link was mostly coming from, oh, that person engaged with me, helped me answer my question. So exactly. I'm not questioning the validity of the link. It has to be valid because why would yeah. that person send me a, a exactly. or silly link if exactly. he's just spent five minutes trying to help me with my question? Exactly. And I think the thing is as well, because it was so specialized, it was really important for us to make sure that because I think at the time there was obviously there was a huge amount of like, oh, it's just a spam bot. Oh, it's just a robot that just, you know, anybody comments and we'll just add extra comments to kind of boost up the algorithm and then that will help kind of. And it wasn't about that. It was definitely about kind of reaching out. And there was kind of internally a strategy that you could never write the same thing twice. Like you had to constantly be changing the words changing the language that you use that would show that if somebody was to just go and read all the comments that actually you know this person or these people or this team were were unique and were, were actually generally yeah, yeah that it wasn't a kind of just thanks for your comment and you know 100 of them down the road which isn't going to help anyone 
So that's a lot of customized work, personalized work for each and every person that, that came to your ad asking questions or making comments. It's a lot of, lot of work. So it makes even more sense to measure the outcome you're getting from that work, right? Exactly, exactly. And it was, it's, you know, not everybody can use Google Analytics in a way that is clear and that way, you know, the, the team couldn't see it. You know, it was just what we could report to them. Um, and there were many times where, like I said, the links were broken or people maybe have, couldn't be bothered to create a new link. So they just, you know, use one that they'd used previously because we used to have also a list of different links that we would use to try and speed up the kind of efficiency. So if we knew we were always recommending one particular product and it was that person, all they had to do was change kind of the month or the day and that would be the one that they use. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was a long process. <laughs> Tell, tell me, uh, get, let's get technical for a minute. Let's get geeky on the link and the UTMs and everything. So tell me a little bit more how you constructed the link. So you got source. The source was what? Facebook? How did you call it? Yeah, so our source was um, Facebook ad because Facebook we also ad. would use. Yeah, so we would also use the UTMs when we were posting um, comments on, po on the actual post itself. So if we were just doing a, a, a Facebook post to the wall, we would also use the the link in there as well. So it had to be Facebook ad. So we would differentiate between if it was a post or an ad. Got it. What was the medium? I will tell you exactly what it was. So our UTM source was customer underscore service. The medium oh. would have been Facebook ad. Uh -huh. And then the campaign would be the item underscore recommends underscore the name of the agent that was doing it. Wow. With the date at the end. So it would be, wow, yes. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so that was it. Yes. So every single link you are adding to every single response to every single comment would be customized up to the name of the author, yes. the date at which it was posted. Yes, and the item that it was being done about. So we had basically all the information we had, but obviously when we pulled the information, the, the idea was that we wanted to be able to identify Wants to be able to identify, sorry, I've just, something's just bled up. Wants to be able to identify um, any of the ones that stood out the most and the ones that kind of had the, the increased most revenue or had the most hits to it. We could then go and pinpoint and look back and see, right, who did it? What product was it on? And what day was it on? So we could then go and find out exactly what, what had gone back. So it was kind of our only way to, you know, give rewards to the person that, you know, had put that comment down, but also we were able to see okay, well, what works? And then take that and go, well, why was that working? And can we make that better somewhere else? And can we use that? So it was constantly kind of looking at whatever data we could grasp and be able to then put it into kind of, okay, so this worked for this, let's try it again on this. So um, one thing I'd, I'd like to get back to is you, so you, two things actually. The first one, do you hold... Can you remember how long it took to get each link done? Because you had to add the item, yeah. the person, the date, yeah. the, 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 the campaign, the premium, the medium, the source and everything. How long did it take to get every link done per comment? So generally, so obviously customer service that side didn't, didn't work. It didn't, we didn't need to change it. And the UTM medium, 
um, didn't change. So it is only the campaign that we would have to change each an individual time. Um, (laughs) And this is where, you know, we would have lists of kind of the same ones so that we would try and make it quicker by kind of the only thing you'd have to change is your name and the date. So it was very much kind of post-it notes everywhere on kind of computers and great copy and pasting skills. But it was just, it, it was also very much open for, you know, error at this point because it was so manually done. There isn't really a non kind of at the time way of being able to make sure that that these links didn't go right and you know sometimes you know they put the wrong dates in and you know it, it can mess things up or they've forgotten to put the product number the product name and the product number in um so you know the data wasn't a hundred percent accurate but again you know for us we was just something to track and be able to look back on and kind of have a, a baseline of something okay the second the second question uh is about what was actually worth it. So if you look back at all these data points that you were inserting in those links through the yeah. UTMs, through customizing the UTM to the extreme, yeah, looking yeah. back, I, I suppose the customer service, yes, it was helpful because it, g- it gave credit to your team for the business they were generating. The outcome, of course, same thing. But the the the, the, the team member, I, I understand that you were rewarding team members based on what they were able to generate, like kind of give them re- recognition of the work that they yeah. they done because it was so yeah. so manual and so time consuming that you had to encourage them. Look, you've done that this week and this exactly. one. That's amazing. So that well, that was very useful. What about the date and the item? Uh, was was that something you actually leveraged and used? Yes. For sure. So for, for having the, the date really was just to be able to identify where it came from. So that was kind of understanding that area. But for the product, it kind of gave us an understanding of when it for the strategy in terms of, well, actually, we're suddenly recommending a lot of this product. We're suddenly recommending a lot of, um, you know, this particular size, because occasionally we would throw in sizes if we felt like there was a trend coming in. Um, and that would really help kind of encourage or kind of give back to the product team, right? this is really this is like selling like hotcakes on social media like because actually we weren't constrained to whatever the ad had on it which i think was really important so while the ad itself was performing potentially very well to get the um comments and the engagement through what we would then see is well well what's the next thing what what are these customers actually saying and it's a really important kind of area to be able to go and understand right well Where's this pain? What are they looking for? And how can we use that? And that kind of goes back into understanding the customer voice because this was the voice of the customer and this was how we can kind of move our kind of growth strategy was by listening to what they needed and also taking some of their language that they, how they would describe their pain to be able to then put into the next ad to know that, okay, well, this group of people are really struggling with what, right? Well, let's put it into an ad that's created for another project and let's create, let's let's kind of drive that and see what audience that brings. I think that in itself um, really helps. And understanding the sentiment, you know, there are many times where you, we, you know, advertise a coupon code or just, you know, anything that was helping women, you know, get money off. And, you know, internally there could have been a problem or there could have been an, an error. And all of a sudden, you know, you get this feedback on an ad about how, it's not working and how this isn't or the redirect isn't there you know any internal problems you know because we were managing it in such a kind of strict way we were able to jump on that straight away and kind of fix it feed it back and give give the information out so there was kind of almost like a a, a plan in place because somebody was always managing and always monitoring kind of this area because it was so valuable to us 
So it's really kind of listening to to your customer and identifying those pains. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I have two last questions before I can I can free you. <laughs> my first question, my first question to you is: All these links are going to Google Analytics on the tech stack you were using to measure the outcome of those links. Were what uh, were was Google Analytics? They were going there. Was it easy to? Uh, get it out from GA and put it in a format that you can look at as the team and no. analyze. How, how did that feel like? It was a manual process the whole time. We kind of, we would have to kind of, you know, there was no exporting it. It was just a matter of kind of daily going through and kind of identifying what had happened and, and picking, you know, potentially our top 10 of what had happened that day, you know, always keeping top of the revenue. So, you know, we would track the revenue each day. We'd track the amount of um, visitors that we'd come to. We'd kind of look at all of the kind of different products and links and kind of take that but it was all a manual process we just we knew we had the data there was no extraction we didn't have um, at the time any data an- analysts or anybody to go in and pull it so for us you know as a small business we just had to manually go in and pick out what we thought or deemed was important um which we could have missed a lot of things we could have missed a lot of opportunities because of the the kind of tools that are available to us okay that makes sense yeah but but I have the same experience. I think GA native is is this quite chaotic and messy, and uh, having tools that we realize are 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 easily very useful. So for us, you know, it would be a matter of kind of just just searching our kind of sources and kind of taking the campaign name and and using that, or using kind of just searching for the agent's name and kind of using that as an identifiable feature to know, okay, well, what what has this person done, and and try and kind of locate that, but. You know, it it was never easy. Um, we had we we kind of trusted what we had and we just went with it. But there was no kind of reassurance that actually, yeah, we're getting the most from this and this is what we're doing. We could never kind of manipulate it in the way that we would ever have wanted to. And my last question uh, is about that was the that was what you've done at Briola, and then uh, you left Briola and you you moved to uh, LTV LTV approach. And um, have you have you done things that uh, were close to that practice since then, or was it something you did at Briolai and it, you never had the same uh, practice again? You know, all these comments on all the ads and replying and putting the the UTMs. Have you done something that would look like that after um, LTV approach, uh, working for LTV approach and clients? Yeah, so we did have another client that we we kind of pushed this approach on because they were having a similar kind of traction to it. Um, and obviously, you know, with our conversations and kind of knowing that you understood kind of what the the importance of this, you know, this this this, this feature is, um, we we kind of just kind of pursued with it because it, for us it was it was it still always is an important thing and because it was a similar industry we knew that it works and if it works for one it will definitely work for another um the issue is it's down to resources and sometimes companies don't have the resources to do it because you know inevitably it it's a full-time job and it can be a full team depending on the size of the business to look after these you know yeah. comments and i think it it's it's down on us as kind of um consultants to be able to kind of share our experiences and share kind of where we know these best practices now are because we've seen it with our own eyes we know that it works and it's that perseverance it's kind of making sure that um it's done in the right way and i think that that is a huge part of it is that 
it has to be done in a way that is right for your customers because if it's not and you're not listening to them then it won't give off the right effect and you won't get success with that revenue um so it is a matter of managing it and using it and kind of learning to kind of pivot i suppose in that communication um so yeah we have kind of pushed it on some of our clients and and some have seen it some haven't um but for us it's 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 a can be a game changer Okay, and as a final comment, knowing that it took me th between three and four years to build the product that sold all these pains that you've described today, yes. does that make you hate me or like me? Because <laughs> um, I, I wish I could take it back in time. Um, I think, to be honest, it's something that the industry needs. And I think that not enough is put on that kind of you know, it's a, it is a cost center. I get that, you know, having to do these things is laborious, but the, the effort that it takes and any tool that can make that more efficient is all aiding to it. And it kind of goes into that, that worth of why people do it. And also it's not just about kind of, you know, hard revenue. It's, it's about that customer experience. You're getting to talk to your customers. You're getting to actually go on that shop floor, be where they want to be. You know, this is where they're talking about a, a certain product or a service you get to kind of get down to their level and start talking to them and engaging with them. And that kind of interaction is going to give you that retention and that new acquisition that you need. And it's just a way of kind of measuring, you know, how well you do in that forum. And, you know, you don't have a, you have a physical, you don't have a physical store, potentially you have an online store and you need to be in as many places as possible. And for you to have that ability to do it on social media is, you know, even again, even if it's not about that revenue, even if it's just about getting people to your site, that in itself is is enough. And to see that, otherwise you not you have no visibility. And I think you know more data in itself is great. And maybe it's a conversion thing. Maybe you're getting people there, and it's not you know the product's not right, or the service's not right, or the communication's not right. It gives you that feedback, um, and it's those kind of intuitive data that that people need to be able to grow and kind of scale their business because you know that's what it's about we can't grow if we don't have the data and you don't have that visibility yeah i i obviously can't agree more and cu customer service and talking to customers is not going away anytime soon yeah. we have to do that social media is one of the avenue where we can do that and where we not only have to but want to do that because we want to learn from them we want to learn as you said what works doesn't work either not clicking either not going either not buying we want to understand why so that's the, that's also a good reason to go and track things absolutely and if we have to engage with them and 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 answer their questions we may as well try to measure how it went after we did so so yeah. it makes total sense and, and this is the thing and i think the the importance of kind of measuring that kind of emotive side so understanding whether or not they are happy when they're commenting sad when they're coming to you you know one is that emotion that's there because that in itself that sentiment kind of analysis is also really critical to know where you stand in the market and how people are feeling and kind of using that emotion to then put into your marketing strategy to be able to to use that is is really key sure we've been on for 40 minutes i think i've taken enough of your time i want to thank you so much uh it's it is already like 8 30 your time thank you so very much for uh spending spending this time with me again uh this this is this is something i've been looking forward 
to for a long time because of that that very special story. That very special story, which is at the origin of us spending a year building this into our product. So it does mean a lot to me, and uh, it meant a lot to me that you came in and told that story, shared that story with me uh, today. Well, thank you very much. Thank you much. for building it. <laughs>